Hey y'all, this is Taria. And Akis. And this is Columbus Can't Wait. Either do politics. Or politics do you. I woke up like this. <laughs> oh man, help. how do you feel? Uh, you say um, help? <laughs> Why? You said I woke up like this and I was just like, help me. This man is crazy. Yeah. Um... <laughs> How do I feel this week? <laughs> um, just, you know, I'm doing well. Hoping I don't get COVID. Bruh. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, trying to stay healthy. Um, my mom actually had COVID. Thank God she's okay. Thank uh, God she's good. a couple scary weeks. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good this week, I suppose. All things Can't considered. Play. No, I feel that. Yeah. I've had to go into the office for the a couple of days this week for the first time and I mean I was going in every now and then just like to grab stuff, but I was there like almost all day today and it felt weird. Uh what was the reason? Like why'd you have to go in? It's just end of year for mm. me. You know, I'm a fundraiser, so a lot of people give money uh at the end of the year mm. so it's just it's just a busy time for me so i had to go in and use the printer because you know black people don't never have no ink in their printer <laughs> we might have the printer but it never has ink so you're ridiculous you know, officially <laughs> hey i'm just saying that's crazy so uh today today feels like the like the super bowl you know like I've been geeked all fucking. Feels day. like a a monumental day for the culture. Yeah, who you got? Gucci. <laughs> That's crazy. I got, I got Gucci. I mean, you know, I feel like it's because so I went to OU, um, during like peak Gucci era. Um, so I can remember so icy coming out. Mm. And like it just used to go crazy, and then you know he just had mixtape after mixtape after mixtape after mixtape, and uh, yeah, just so many good memories connected to that music. Mm-hmm. That I don't have anything against Jeezy. Like I think Jeezy's great. I remember you know listening to, I think it was Jeezy's first like uh, album that he had on the label. One of the first songs. <laughs> <laughs> one of the first songs that I ever downloaded, like ever, like back in the Kazaa like days or whatever, was um Dem Boys. And then mm-hmm. when I was sixteen, you know, the recession came out. And that was probably one of the first albums that I loved, you know, like that I loved, loved and just changed my life or whatever. Like all of this hustler mindset and shit that I got right now, like I gotta attribute that to my nigga Jeezy and shit, bro. So yeah, I'm well, going with Jeezy, and I think it's going to be a long night for you Gucci fans, bro. I remember being back young, thinking that Gucci was the dumbest nigga, at, like, ever. Like, I remember so when he got the, I think it is, the snow cone on his face. I was like, bro, this nigga's yeah. a fucking idiot, bro, respectfully. Well, you know, I grew up a certain way, so I can, uh, <laughs> I can um, identify with both of them. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Gucci just had all the party records. I was partying a lot during that time. Yeah, I ain't never been. You a know, party I was in nigga. college. I was partying all the time. Every 
every blessed day, every Thursday to Saturday, I was going out, you know. So it was just a good time, good memories. Again, like Devin was in school with me. So a lot of my memories of like he used to love Gucci and he was a Kappa. So a lot of my memories of Devin are attached to like some of his favorite Gucci records too. So mm. it's going to be a long night for Gucci fans. I'm not saying that he's going to win. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm just <laughs> saying I got Gucci, but I'm not. I'm not saying that because we were actually talking about this, me and Devin, and he was like, I don't know how the records that he had on his mixtapes. Like, what do they sound like sonically now? How are they going to? I'm through? saying. You know, how are they going to come through on versus like over a stream? You know, what is what is that going to sound like? So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I. It's not that I'm saying that I expect for him to win. Where? Well, by the time the people listen to this, like the battle's going to be over. So I hope that you guys enjoyed it. You know, we're going to enjoy it after we're done recording. I mean, regardless, it's going to be a good night for the culture. Like, it's mm. going to be a great night. And uh I wish she was on Twitter, man. You gotta get a Twitter, bruh. I'm not getting a Twitter. I talk too much. My mouth is just <laughs> bunny story. <laughs> yeah, this is actually a crazy transition. Did you see my um my Instagram post earlier today? Like on my story? Uh-uh. <laughs> so um this is going back to like local politics or whatever. Uh earlier today. They put out a, a report that said that the 16th Senate District, Ohio Senate District here in Ohio, between Stephanie Coons and uh, who is this, Crystal Lett, it was separated by less than 0.5% of the vote or 116 people that voted. And so I was like, yo, for those of y'all that think that voting don't matter, like that's the western part of Franklin County, 116 votes like separated them obviously it's gonna be a recount or whatever but still like it's that close and so somebody wow. uh they dm me on on instagram like i just saw it a couple hours ago they dm me and they screenshot it they say hey you know that you're black right i was like oh guys like i just found out i'm black <laughs> you know what i mean how come nobody told me somebody sent dm'd you and said that yeah it's like you know that you're black right i'm like I'm confused about the connection. Like, huh? I don't know. But I say that to say that like, you say that Isn't you talk Crystal a lot. Is black? Um, ish, I don't think that it was about that. I think it was more so me saying that niggas should be voting. You know what I mean? Oh, I didn't. I didn't hear that part. I mean, I suppose that I I can understand their perspective hearing that, but I still okay. <laughs> you know, they you're black, right? They really could have just. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, 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 yeah. I guess I understand what they meant. No, I don't. I know. I know. Some, well, some people have said like black folks shouldn't be fighting about whether. Well, I was just saying that. Um, like I think that it was really telling to see. You know, we're getting the results of the election coming in, um, more and more every day, and seeing how close some of these local races are, like it's really, really telling and. I don't know. It just makes me angry or frustrated or I mean, I guess you could even say motivated uh, every time that I see this because it's like, all right, this is what I need to show people uh, when I'm trying to convince them to go out and vote. Because, all right, let's say you don't really F with the president. I get it. Like, I completely understand it. But. All these other 
elections they matter and if you even look at what's happening in the state house right now you know yesterday they passed a bill um saying that nobody down at the state house has to wear a mask and then today they passed a bill that said that uh the governor can't issue like a state order to close down businesses for the threat of a uh like a health threat or whatever and then earlier this week they passed a bill talking about if you're out uh, rioting which is really just protesting then you know that could be a felony and those are laws that are being passed here in the state of ohio those aren't laws that are down in congress that's not something that the president stands for that's here in ohio and you know we just got to care about this type of shit man like to see the how thin how close that race is it really is um really really telling so but I say that to say, you know, I, mean, I just tweeted that out and then, you know, it got it's, it's not viral or nothing, but a lot of people responded to it. And then, you know, people's coming at me because I talk a lot, too. So if I talk a lot, then that means that you'll be welcome on Twitter. and You should just come and join. I ain't doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it would take I got off Twitter in like, I think, 2013 or 2014. Mm. And uh, I ain't never coming back. I, I remember the night I got off Twitter. It was like, ever. Yes, it was the uh, night of the George Zimmerman verdict. Mm. And I was just seeing so much ignorance. <laughs> I was seeing so much ignorance. I was like, fuck this. I deleted it. I literally never got another Twitter. Never. <laughs> that was almost 10 years ago now. I'm going to create a ghost account and pretend to be you until you come in like claim You're your spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to create a fake account yeah. for me. Yeah, I'm going to try and tweet like you. A lot of people tell me I should get on Twitter, but. Get on and don't be you. Just be like, not you. Like, this is not the socialite. Not the socialite. <laughs> that's That should be my. Yeah, that's hard. My Twitter name. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I, I'll think about it. But I, do I, it. I I do talk too much. I, I, and I, I have a very, like, slick mouth. So. I don't know. Just Twitter keep your shit private and keep your circles like small, like only the people that you want to talk to, and then just let us talk to you. You know what I mean? I could consider that. I okay. I might do that. I bet. Yeah. I feel like this I is progress. That. that is, you have pushed me a little bit closer mm. to possibly getting a Twitter. But yeah, so what are we talking about this week? Um, you sort of touched on it a little bit, which is the local races mm-hmm. that happened during the election. And I mean, we saw we saw Columbus, we saw Franklin County go very blue. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to just go down the results? You got them pulled up? Yeah. Do you have them in front of you? Yeah. So for okay. county commissioner, this is uh, for, every, you know, Columbus can't wait. So it's about Columbus. Um, for county commissioner, we Kevin have Boyce. Kevin Boyce and John O'Grady. It's funny. I know the guy that was running against John O'Grady. He used to come out to all of our events and everything. And I found out he was running against him. Like, bro, get, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, for a prosecuting attorney for the county, Gary Tyak won over Ron O'Brien. That's 53% of the vote versus 46. Uh, for clerk, uh, Franklin County Courts of Common Pleas. Uh, this is the judge, Mary, excuse me, Mary Ellen O'Shea. Ooh, 
Ooh, Mary I'm... Ellen O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Ellen O'Shaughnessy, who was the incumbent, so she won her seat. Yeah, again. she won. <laughs> Bruh, that name almost just fucked me up just now. That was a, <laughs> that was a tongue You know what? Yeah, it's because of uh, that uh, Key and Pill skit. O'Shaq oh, Hennessy. Oh, my God. So funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just now seeing that. Oh, I just word? saw that like two weeks ago i was like this is brilliant that's funny um for county treasurer we had cheryl brooks sullivan she won with 55 percent of the vote for issue one um that's the proposed electric service aggregation program uh it was between yes or no and it won overwhelmingly uh with 75 that says that people in columbus want to be more green yay mm. care about climate change mm. uh, <laughs> for issue two this is the proposed charter amendment for the um, the damn uh, help me out with the, the name of police it. civilian review board. That's it. This uh, review board. Uh, it passed with seventy four point two percent of the vote. So they are going to make that amendment to the charter for the city and uh, move forward with that for issue twenty four. That was the increased tax levy for Adam H. Well, it was a renewal and an increase that passed. People know what Adam H. means. Well, why don't Alcohol, you drug, it's the Alcohol, Drug, and Mental Health Board. So it's basically like the governing board for any um, organizations that provide mental health services in Franklin County. Mm-hmm. And they also allocate funding to those um, organizations. Yeah, I was actually just on a call with them earlier today. Cool. Yeah. Um, issue 22, this is for Gehenna Jefferson City School District. It was a uh, bond issue uh, to increase the tax levies. And I actually don't know how to respond to this because it was split literally down the middle. Uh, 14,097 yeah. votes for, 14,095 votes against. So does that mean that it passed by two votes? That I don't know. Yeah, I, I would be know. interested to know from the people of Gahanna why it's so close. I always think, think levies like more money for schools mm-hmm. um, can't be a bad thing, but I suppose I don't live there, so I don't know. So I would I would be interested to know what what was the reason for this the margin. Mm, we're gonna have to talk about that. Um, in Pickerington, the proposed bond issue that overlaps with uh, Fairfield County to live in Pickerington. Uh, it passed with 192 votes, which is wild. It's only 192 votes. That's 61%. Um, okay. For the State Board of Education, Internet Miranda. Wait, 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 wait. Oh. You're saying only 192 people voted? Yeah, for it. And 121 people voted against it. Hmm. So it's like 400 votes. Started. I wonder. I wonder if that's just the Franklin County part of it. And then the rest of it is in Fairfield County. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because you said they overlapped. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's because, interesting. Yeah, that's wild. 192. But, you know, and I'm reading. The, that's got to be. Got to be what? Oh, yeah. Got to be that. It's got to be that it. Because it, I know Pickerington's pretty engaged with what's going on in their community. So I Man. couldn't see. I'm so glad I don't live in Pickerington voting. no more, bro. I could not wait. I to used move. to live in Pickerington. Same. For like two years, yeah. and no, no, thank you. But it, it's nice place, but just not for me. Yeah, <laughs> it's not black enough for me, cause it's pretty black. Yeah. It's pretty black. Yeah. Mm. It's I, black I, like I, a suburb of Columbus. Black. It's not black like the city's black. 
No, it's black like a yeah. I yeah. think your characterization is correct. Is yeah. It is black like a suburb of Columbus. Right, like but, they have black. Yeah. It's not like going to Marion. You know what I mean? No, two fifty six yeah. for me was the reason why I couldn't live there because you also, can't get off two fifty. Like it, the the traffic is like ridiculous. But yeah. that's off beside the point. Right. Anyway, <laughs> um. All right. So the school board. Uh, Antoinette Miranda, she was the Democrat that was running. She won with 68.2% of the vote. Uh, all, that was for the eighth, the 6th district. For the ninth district, it was Michelle Newman that won with 71% of the vote. Uh, for the District Court of Appeals, uh, with the term commencing February 9th, it was Michael C. Mentel. I don't know if I pronounced mm-hmm. his name right. Uh, he was a Democrat. He won with 51.8% of the vote. Uh, so as you can see, people, Franklin County went very, very blue. I don't know. All These the votes are kind of, they were like right around that 50% mark. Well, I mean, I'm just meaning for who ended up winning, not necessarily margin of mm. winning. Yeah. Um, but I think when we're looking at the margins... It tells us kind of what we've been talking about, which is that the Democratic Party has uh, some work to do. And I say the Democratic Party versus the Republican Party because the rest of Ohio went red. So, like, right. I don't think it's it's it's, you know, any by any stretch of imagination that Ohio um it doesn't surprise me that the margins are close, mm-hmm. which is why I say if we want to widen those margins, the Democratic Party has to do more work because it feels like the Republicans already got their messaging out there. Yeah. People are buying into it. So um, and we didn't talk about this. This is not local, but Larry Householder. Wait, do you want me to let me, let me get through the <laughs> yeah, rest of the. Oh, okay. No, nah, that's cool. Um, Terry Jameson, she run, won her race. God damn, I think just moved uh she won her race for the district court, court of appeals and that was in the 10th district uh carl Eveni, he won his race 54 percent uh, and that was for the court of common pleas uh, andy miller won his race this is the judge for the court of common pleas uh david young 68 one percent he won his race for the court of common pleas those are all democrats too by the way uh chris brown with 70% of the vote, he won his race for the Court of Common Pleas. And Cheryl Munson won her race for the Court of Common Pleas. George Leach, with 52% of the vote, won his race. And that was for the Court of Common Pleas for domestic relations. So that was the the domestic relations court. Um, and then the same court, I think this is the new one, uh, Lachelle... Excuse me, Lish. How do you pronounce her name? Do you know? Lachelle no, Stroud. Say it again. Lachelle. Oh, Lachelle Stroud. Yeah, she yeah. won her race with fifty-four point seven percent, and she was a Democrat. I actually didn't vote for her. I voted against her, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and then Jeff Mackey, he won his case, his race. Excuse me, uh, for the Court of Common Pleas, and I think okay. that that's it as far as the race results. Do any of those, did any of those like surprise you at all? I know you kind of went into like your analysis, but. Um, not really. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, we already talked about this, but, um, uh, Gary Tyak winning, um, after, you know, 
Ron O'Brien being in office so long was, I was hoping that he would win. Um, it was still surprising just because mm-hmm. I know what kind of, you know, name recognition and foothold and all of that stuff is important. Um, so I wasn't necessarily sure he could pull it off, but that was surprising to me. The others, um, I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't really surprise me when Franklin County goes Democrat. So I wasn't I wasn't that surprised. I was more honestly, I was more invested in the primaries. Mm-hmm. I agree um, with that. I mean, you know, Joyce Beatty won her seat back. Unsurprising. Um but kind of, you know, like once you know who those candidates are who are going into the, you know, the general election, sometimes it lets, a, it does not saying it lets a, a, some of the wind out of your sails, but you kind of know, sometimes I think you kind of know what to expect. Right. So well, depending on where you are. Kind of. I mean, and this kind of goes to the next question, uh, but. I was surprised, and I, I was going to say this earlier, this, but this is not Franklin County. I was surprised to see Larry Householder be reelected after he's, like, freaking under investigation. Uh, but that's kind of what I was, like, about <laughs> to say, though. Like, this election, it did turn out a lot of different people. A lot more. In, like, I think that that's the reason why some of those races were close. Um, because even on the Republican side, it, it it was just high voter turnout, like across the board. And I mean, the next question that we had on our agenda was to talk about like how it felt. I'm a progressive. You're a progressive. Like how it felt to vote for a ticket with Joe Biden at the top. And I think for me, like, I don't know, I was excited to vote because of all the other candidates that I was excited to vote for um, just to make sure that Columbus did stay blue. And I think that, you know, uh, in the aftermath of the election, I don't really know how you felt about it, but you know, I felt relieved. I felt excited. You know, um, you know, just moving forward because I'm hopeful for what we're going to be able to accomplish moving forward, and I want him to be successful. I mean, even when Trump won, I wanted Trump to be successful. Like I didn't want him to be on this bullshit that he's on, well, that he's been on, and that he continues to be on even now, um, with him not like conceding the election. But it's like I wanted to be a successful administration so that people see, like, yo, if you participate in your government, then this is what can happen. You know? I don't know what do you think. What do you think? I wanted him to be successful just because the, you know, the country was on the line, but. And I just wanted him to be less of a dick. So, yeah. And I want, I mean, I, I want, our country is in such dire straits right now. Of course, I want Joe Biden to be ex, um, successful. And I think he knows what he's doing mm-hmm. um, in terms of, like, implementing and re-implementing um, things that were successful um, in the administration when he was vice president. I'm kind of glad when I think about where we are now, um, that we have someone who can kind of just jump in. Yeah. Because all of the briefing that he should be getting, he's not. Mm-hmm. And we are just not in the spot as a country right now to really be able to afford someone's learning curve. Yeah. So I think that that is a positive. one of the good things. I, I just want to say um, also that like, you know, as I was going through the list of the results, it was important for me to say those names. I'm hoping that everybody that's listening to this podcast and that continues to stay engaged with us, 
um, they're choosing to stay engaged also uh, with our elected representatives, those people that are now serving in public office. Um, I really liked Obama's interview that he gave. It's like, yo, when you get elected, you're a public servant now. Like you are working for the people. And I think it's incumbent on us to make sure that we are following along and we're paying attention to all the things that, you know, these people are doing. So um, get familiar with those names. Uh, we're going to be familiar with those things. We're going to be tracking and, and talking about all the different things that they're doing now that they have won their election, um, you know, and just staying active. Like, I wanted to read everybody's names because those are the people that work for us now. And we should know the people that work for us. And uh, we're going to be uh, following along with their moves and their decision making and stuff up until the next election. And we can't just wait until it's election season for us to start paying attention. And so, you know, I want everybody that was listening to get familiar with those names as well. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily excited. Um, I know that. You and I were talking um, a couple days ago about the podcast on the daily where they interviewed AOC and I forget the other dude's name. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I listened to it. Yeah. And basically, there's a lot of infighting in the Democratic Party right now. Moderate versus moderate Democrats versus progressive Democrats. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of want the progressive Democrats to dial down the messaging around you know, racism and defunding the police and fracking, ending fracking and all of that stuff. And um, that that doesn't necessarily make me excited. I get it. I mean, I get they want to, you know, get elected and they want to keep a, a foothold in politics, but at at what cost and at whose expense? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're dialing down the language around, you know, systemic racism, if you're dialing down the re- the fact that police departments are overfunded and thus can use money to, you know, terrorize communities um, and in ways that don't help the community, then... Like, what are you really trying to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and who are and not necessarily what you're trying to do, because we, we know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get elected and you're trying to appeal to a certain kind of voter. But it then again feels like black folks and brown folks are getting the shaft. Like you use us to vote for you and then you, you know, go. Well, you go towards policies that um, aren't necessarily going to help us in the ways that that we need them to. Let me push back on that just a little bit, only because that was um, Representative Lamb from Pennsylvania that was saying that he didn't have mm-hmm. no black people. I mean, he had some black people, obviously, in his district, but, you know, he wasn't whatever. We don't know what the official stance of the Biden-Harris administration is going to be. Um, you know, in that article that Jen sent us, uh, they listed their four key issues as on the transition website as COVID-19 economic recovery, racial equality, and climate change. So I don't know. One thing that I'm trying to do is try not to get so caught up in whatever the narrative is and and just try to pay attention to, like, what is the actual legislation that's being put out there and how does it affect us and does it address us? Is it for us or is it against us? And trying to be more committed to that rather than committed to 
whatever the narrative around the legislation is. Do you think that's fair or do you think that I'm out of bounds in doing that? Well, I think I think that makes sense, but I also think that when I think about the future of the party, that's kind of more what I'm thinking about. Um not necessarily right now and what they're saying they're going to do right now, but like in four years, you know, or but in that, three years, what does that look like? That for me is a concern. I just don't want us to see us. I don't want us. I don't want to see the party that I generally, uh, not generally, always have voted for um, sort of s- slide back and be very centrist. I just feel like the most popular congressperson probably like out of all of them right now is a outspoken progressive Democrat. And like, yeah, there's people that are saying things contrary to what she's saying, but I don't know. Like, why are we taking their perspective and putting more weight on it rather than, you know, the quote unquote leftist agenda? You know what I mean? Like, why are we putting more emphasis more stock in the centrist you know agenda or the right agenda when like clearly the progressive agenda is picking up steam like why can't we assume that that agenda is going to be even louder in three years or four years rather than thinking it's going to be temp like tamed down and everything you know um i get where you're coming from but i think that when we look at who's still voting um people you know probably like 45 40 and younger are going towards this more progressive agenda but people who are older than that are still voting and a lot of them are uncomfortable with some of the ideas like that have been you know presented from progressive candidates so i think yeah a progress progressive policies are picking up steam but I think that it was going it may take a long time for those things to catch on in the ways that we they want them to. And like yes, AOC is the most famous member of Congress, I think, on both sides. Right. But I think that she even mentioned in her interview that it's been really tough mm-hmm. to receive so much, you know, inner criticism from the party and not support from the party. So yeah, she's famous on its face. But what is she facing, you know, behind the scenes? And she said, even I didn't know if I was going to run for reelection. Mm-hmm. So but she also you know, left open that she may run for higher office, too. She did. She did. But these are all just things that I'm, you know, that I'm trying to consider when I when I think about the future of the party, that there's still quite a bit of time and quite a few, you know, f- elections that happen every four years or every two years or six years for senators that we are going to have people who don't really align with progressive policies um, taking up a great great number of votes. Which is the reason why locally I'm trying my hardest to push the progressive agenda as much as I possibly can. You know, whether that's in our in our town halls, in our city council, in state house, in the commissioners and the uh the civic associations like we need to build from the ground up and that's what i'm really really attracted to like i feel like it's a call to action you know i think progressive agendas in places like columbus are 
not as hard of a sell, a sell as if as they are in you know obviously in other places um so it's like how do we build on those ideas and build power in other places where progressive ideas are not as readily um embraced mm-hmm. um how do we connect to the folks who you know somebody that's i don't know and this is just totally I don't know. I don't really know what city to to pinpoint, but say a city that's not um, Columbus or Cleveland, like a Youngstown, like a Youngstown, which like a I would imagine is is pretty. Youngstown's pretty red, but they do have a university. Uh, Dayton has a university, so they have a big swath of like younger people who live mm-hmm. there. How do you reach out in meaningful ways to those voter blocks to get progressive ideas to them to to help gain steam and help, you know, build a foothold in Ohio? But Mm Ohio is going to Ohio is probably just going to lag behind just based on it being Ohio and who's been in power for so long. But that doesn't that doesn't mean that we can't make incremental change. Yeah, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. I don't know. I guess I'm just encouraged by the fact that Georgia turned blue. Like, to me, it's like, bro, I never thought I would see Georgia turn blue. Oh, Atlanta, I get it, Atlanta. But, nigga, there's a lot of space around Atlanta. And so, you know, just seeing that, that was inspiring for me. Then seeing, like, Nevada and seeing New Mexico. Well, not New Mexico. It was uh, Arizona, you know. I do hear you, though. I definitely hear it you. can happen. We just need, you know, and that's and I don't want to take anything away from the organizers in Ohio who are doing work on the ground to try to mobilize voters. Um, I think that if we continue doing that work and even on a grander scale and that work gets funded, uh, you know, because a lot of the, the work that's getting funded right now to get the, the, the word out about different policies in Ohio Republicans have that money and they're funding it. Mm-hmm. So who is the who is the who are the people who are gonna gonna support and fund the progressive policies? And also, like, how do we mobilize folks who can't give a million dollars or who can't give whatever to start giving? You know, five or ten or twenty dollars to support candidates. So that they can knock on, you know, 5,000 more doors or 10,000 more doors so that they can have an online presence on Facebook to combat um, a lot. Because a lot of the the, the fake, <laughs> it's funny that Trump came up with fake news when he, their party is the one that <laughs> right. has a lot of the uh, irony behind a lot of that. We the the parties that are and the people who say they're progressive, they have to have money behind their campaigns to combat that stuff on Facebook and Instagram and all of those things. And so when we talk about mobilizing like younger voters, like one of the first things that we need to talk to them about is like give some money, like even if it's ten dollars, like, you know, even if it's five dollars every time out of your paycheck, make a recurring, you know, gift. Or one of the things that uh, I'm planning on doing next year uh, when it's safe to go outside and gather with people is uh, having lit brunches 
and you know mm-hmm. just a brunch and, and there have literature political literature available for people and then even you just talking it's like you know a lot of times people throw parties to fundraise and stuff so it's like why not throw some events to help funnel donations and stuff towards like these candidates or these movements and stuff you know so yeah uh, we can 100 percent do that mm-hmm. but here's the other thing it's not just on us right it's on the candidates to reach out to us because they reach out to everybody else and say hey can you do a fundraiser at your house yeah or hey can you can you get your group of friends together and do a fundraiser for me they don't reach out to us mm-hmm. you know i i on my own have a pretty big network of people that i could have over and and have them donate to something that i i truly believe in so like they need to just start tapping into different pools and stop tapping the same people um to do stuff you know i'm really interested to see what ohio democratic leadership looks like because a lot of my um and let me not say that because I don't want to get nobody in trouble or nothing. I'm just interested to see like what the leadership looks like here in Ohio and if there are any like changes, uh, change ups and everything in the guard here. You know, we shall see. I, w- I mean, wouldn't surprise me, right. but uh, it's overdue. I mean, you said that, oh, not me. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you uh want to talk about Georgia? Yes, yeah, so- Georgia. So Georgia, maybe some of you know, maybe some of you don't. Georgia is on its way into a runoff election um, between two Democratic candidates and two Republican candidates. And these um, elections are very important. Why are they important? <laughs> because they're basically going to decide who has control, what party has control of the Senate. Because right now we have a Democratic president and a Republican um, Congress, which means that it's very hard to get things done when stuff is operating that way. And one example is if you look at what's happening with the delay in um, coronavirus relief efforts coronavirus. in terms of. Uh, <laughs> Are people even still calling it coronavirus? COVID-19 relief relief efforts for people. We see a delay in that, right? It's because um, they're fighting in Congress about what Republicans want to do versus what Democrats want to do. And so if the runoff elections in Georgia go Democratic, then you'll have a Democratic... Um, you'll have a Democratic president and Democratic control of... I believe Congress. Yeah, because it'll be a 50-50 yeah. split in the Senate and mm-hmm. um, Kamala will have the tiebreaker vote as the vice president. So it'll really be 51-50 and then we already control the House. So we'll control all the different seats of government. And that would let us do things like add seats to the Supreme Court and let us pass legislation and stuff through. We won't have any of our nominees getting jammed up by the moscow mitch you know what i'm saying like i shouldn't have called him that i don't like (laughs) mitch mcconnell at all though bro i can't stand mitch mcconnell so um i not at all not at all he i I, he has made me so upset with and and totally unsurprising but just how he stood behind trump and this whole like it's disgusting bro all the republican leadership right now is like where the fuck are you guys? Like, it just doesn't... Like, how can you be the party of the Constitution 
and then support the man who's doing everything that he can to undermine the Constitution. Like, it literally says that there's a way that all of this is supposed to play out. And he's the one that's ripping it up to shreds. And you're the ones that are just standing by and watching them do it. It's nasty. Yeah, so fuck them. That's first. Second, going back to the Georgia Senate races, the the election will be January 5th, 2021. And as I said, it will determine party control of the U.S. Senate. Uh, for the start of the new Biden administration. So race one is Democrat John Ossoff versus Republican Senator David Peru. Purdue, my bad, y'all, sorry. Race two is Democrat Raphael Warnock, who's, I believe, a reverend. I really think he's a reverend. reverend. He's black. Uh-huh. He's a reverend, yep. And, and versus Republican Senator Kelly Loeffler. Now, Kelly Loeffler is the one who prior to the whole COVID-19 stuff hitting the fan had insider information from briefings that this was going to happen and it was going to be devastating to the economy and she pulled stocks out of the stock market to protect herself. So under no shape or form should she be reelected, but you know, like I said, Larry Householder was reelected, John. so people be doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Go ahead. And John Ossoff, he had some shit like that too. I don't I don't have the specifics yeah, right did. in front of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They both had some real corrupt bullshit going on. And like the thing about this race is that before everybody our attention was divided, we were talking about the president, we were talking about our own local races, but now the whole country's looking at Georgia and we can't really like lock in on these two candidates and stuff. So well these four candidates. Right. And so um one of the things that's really important to know, um, even though we're in Ohio, like there are still ways that we can get involved to to impact Ooh, this election. One of the one of the things that people need to know is that twenty three thousand people will turn eighteen by election day. So that's twenty three thousand possible extra votes that could could happen so key dates are november 18th 2020 is um when absentee ballots are available you need to apply for those now so like if you know somebody in georgia or if you're in georgia and you're listening and you need an absentee ballot apply now um reach out to your family members who are living in georgia and ask them do they do they need an absentee ballot and number 2020 would be the registration deadline so for those 23,000 new voters Wait. who are turning 18 they need to go ahead no you broke up when you said that date say it again uh december 7 2020 is mm-hmm. the registration deadline uh to register to vote uh december 14th 2020 is when early voting begins again i think we need to be stressing for people to early vote because we are in the middle of a pandemic we are also in the middle of political foolishness so get your vote in as soon as possible um january 5th da 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 is the run 2021 will be in a new year thank god hopefully it'll be better than 2020 but anyways runoff election day so yeah, so be prepared January 5th if you haven't already to cast your vote. Now, for the folks who do not live in Georgia who want to see a Democratic Senate, we need to get what involved. What can they do? And How can we get involved? And some of the ways we can do that <laughs> is through the New Georgia Project. 
Um, you can find that at, at new N E W Georgia G E O R G I A Project P R O G. My bad, y'all. Project. Y'all know how to spell project. P R O J E C T. Uh, at new, new Georgia, Georgia Project. project. Instagram or Twitter, Facebook. Um, you can sign up to phone bank. Even if you don't live in Georgia, you can, you can, if you want to go to Georgia and canvas, Hey, you can do that too. Uh, hey, they're the only state. You, they're the only state that's doing good. Like as far as like COVID and everything. So, you know, you're trying to get a little vacay in and, you know, be active. <laughs> don't, Please don't go anywhere, y'all. Sit sit down. Uh, voter registration, uh, mobilization. You can also do data entry and other administrative tasks right from your home. You don't have to be in Georgia again. Fair Fight is another organization at Fair Fight Action. Um, you can phone bank or text bank there. You can also donate money. Rally and Rise. Uh, you can... Sign up to text bank, phone bank, friend bank. You can write postcards. Donate. That's the most important. Well, not the most important part, but it is really important. Raising money and putting money in these progressives' uh, pockets and stuff. Like, we can send money down to Georgia that can then be paid to, like, the people on the ground down there to go and get this stuff done. Even if you're not down there, you can um, still help to support that way on top of, like, the phone banking and stuff. Absolutely. And, and that that is a, a way that you can give some of your treasure to help mobilize these campaigns so that they can reach as many people as possible. Because I also want you all to recognize that um, campaigning is different now. Right. It's different this year because of covid. So people um, canvassing looks different. Um, if for some reason there are shutdowns that may impact their ability to be able to canvas or even like be outside. And so these um, campaigns need to have money that if they have to go online or they have to text bank or phone bank or whatever, they have the funds to be able to do so. Um, and the last organization, I lost it. My I've never heard of this one. So this sounds really interesting. It's Vote Save America, Adopt a State. Uh, You can sign up with your email and they'll send you specific actions for you to take no matter where you live uh, in the coming weeks to help win in Georgia. And so Vote Save America, if you've ever listened to Pod Save America, those are the same people. So uh, vote saveamerica.com slash state slash Georgia. So those are all the ways you can get involved. I'm imploring y'all to do so because there are a lot of critical things that need to happen. One being COVID-19 response um, that we need to see some changes with ASAP unless y'all want to be in the house under the air conditioning. And I hope you have air conditioning this summer because I'm not trying to be in the house again. So, you know, <laughs> what do you... Um... Are you? Do you have any plans on what you're going to try to do to help Georgia? Um, I will definitely. I'll probably text bank and donate. Yeah, that I think that's what I'm gonna do too. Yeah. And hound other people in my family because the other thing is, is you need to amplify these messages so that people know what's going on so that they can get involved too. So mm. if the only thing you do is tell some people in your family and ask them to donate, that is also you know a good way to get the word out there. This is a uh, for everybody listening. This is probably 
well not probably it's definitely one of our last episodes um for a while um we're gonna come back with season two um after we take a little break just to do some tooling around and and, uh, just improve our whole experience and reflect on what we've done so far um, this fall. Um, But I wanted to just ask, Taria, you know, like, what do you think about, like, where we are and where we've come? Well, I am really happy with what we're doing. I think that we are creating a space, like we said, to be a sounding board. Um, in a lot of different spaces in Columbus. So I feel really happy and really excited about what's to come for the podcast. I feel like how I have, I, I feel like I have just increased my political knowledge mm-hmm. um, through doing this podcast. And not only my own knowledge, but like a lot of my friends listen mm-hmm. and they tell me all the time, you know, I've learned like a new term or I've learned like a new um, way to think in terms of politics. I've learned about new candidates and just kind of how the whole process works and have really not. They don't just listen. They become more engaged mm-hmm. in the process themselves. And so for me, that's that's huge um and so you know i'm just looking forward to expanding our reach i feel like i'm going as a person um i am like way more comfortable just kind of like i've always been like pretty comfortable talking about politics but i feel like it's like next level now Mm. so you know i'm 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 feeling good about it yeah how about you I'm glad that you decided to to come and do it. I know that you were reticent at the beginning, and I was. Uh, yeah, like I I really couldn't imagine doing this with anybody else. I've learned a lot as well, the same way that you just said. Um, like I, I felt like I was pretty familiar with uh, politics and how everything works, and even with me having that good starting point, like I've learned a whole lot, you know, and um, you, you know just the way that everything works together and also it's forcing me to stay in the know about stuff i can't really afford to not be paying attention because i don't want to come on here and and not you know know what i'm talking about and then beyond that like kind of like what you said there have been people that they've come to me and say yo i appreciate you making this podcast and and helping to explain this stuff like i i always wanted to know about what was going on i didn't know how to get into the door and i'm of the mindset that if we could just help one person to evolve and to be a little bit more politically informed and engaged then that's good enough and so to hear so many different people like come like yesterday you know one of our friends they tagged us and said yo uh, this is like my weekly fix. Like this is something I look forward to, and that was so humbling and um, it's encouraging. It makes me, you know, want to keep on coming and keep on recording and and just keep on pushing the envelope. And I'm excited for the ways that we can grow because you know I'm even hearing people say, "Oh, you know, we would love to hear about this issue," or "Could you explain this?" or "You should invite such and such onto the podcast." And so the the fact that other people are also looking towards us and and asking us to bring certain things to the table um like i think that you said it the best in in terms of we created a space uh for us 
us to be able to, you know, talk about politics and get engaged in uh, for the political actors in the state, in the city. And I mean, maybe even in the whole country to know that, yo, black people in Columbus are paying attention, you know. And even and I hope that our engineer doesn't uh, get mad at me for putting his thoughts and stuff out there. But he even said that, you know, like, listen to you guys talk or whatever. It's been really informative and enlightening. So, uh, yeah, I I that's what I love about it. Like, I feel like this is in our language and this is our culture. And sometimes people don't get engaged in politics because it's it can be very boring on its face. Mm-hmm. And so I just think we're putting it into, you know, a way that people want to listen to in a way that they can understand. And that's just powerful. So I'm just I'm happy that you asked me. I'm here. I'm Dang. in for the long haul. Hey, so, you know, yeah. we're taking a break, but we are not fun. done. We are no, not done. No, no, no. Everybody needs a break. So. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to put my Christmas tree up. I'm going to, you know, relax a little bit over holidays. She's going to text bank. I'm going to text bank. Hey, and shout out. Shout out to our engineer as well. Like, Jen is. Yeah. When I first came to you with the idea, it's like, yo, we should do this podcast or whatever. I, I couldn't have even imagined that we would have an engineer as excuse me not an engineer my apologies producer. Jen. a producer my i, <laughs> I was thinking about Rizzo. Rizzo's the engineer. <laughs> yeah so all right after we recorded the first episode like the sound we was like yo we need to improve this or whatever and then uh we approached rizzo he's like yo got you blah 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 and th- that's been incredible just the the lengths that he goes to make sure that we sound crisp but even driving that has been our executive producer that's jen and like i never would have dreamt that we would have somebody like her who is as dedicated towards making this show a success as you and i are like actually being on it so uh definitely want to give a huge shout out to her um she doesn't like us like talking about her on the podcast shout but i just wanted to, jen. to thank you and both um and Terry, i hope that you don't mind me like saying this um you know like i i experienced a loss you know during the course of this uh podcast and i know that Taria did too and, and just like the the limps that jen went to make us both feel like seen and appreciated or whatever like i know yeah, when she that did was pretty awesome yeah yeah just shout out to jen bro the thoughtful person so thank you jen we appreciate you we couldn't we could not literally do this facts we we could but it wouldn't be as good we both doing 50,000 other things. Oh, so, my God. Yeah, so we'll see y'all season two. Deuce. Yeah. Because I'm Greek, so I always have to say deuce. That's crazy. So, and we will see y'all at the Gucci and Jeezy versus tonight. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> For everybody that, that watches this or listens to this, and, you know, we may release a video because we have video for all of our episodes, but probably not. Season two will, will be here for sure. But if you like this show and you've enjoyed it, then please go like and comment and rate us on all of the podcasting apps. If you're listening on the iPhone in the Apple podcast, if you're listening on Google podcast or anchor on Spotify, like give us a rating and that'll help us to show up higher in the uh, search results and uh, it'll help us to attract more listeners. Um, also, if you like us, tell somebody else about it too. You know, uh, share it out. I think that all of these episodes, even though the election is over, 
I think that it can definitely help to boost the political literacy of anybody that wants to listen. So uh, don't be stingy. If you're enjoying the show, then tell somebody. The election is over, but the the real heat is coming next season. Like Facts. we probably had lots of debates and oh my god stuff. So y'all about to learn a lot, and uh, it's about to be lit. So we shall see you all then. <laughs>